Welcome to Why the Long Face, two old friends lifting the lid on mental health over a beer with author and psychiatrist Paul Keedwell and business consultant and so-called comedian Ollie Turnbull. Right, okay. Uh, I've got a bottle this week, actually. Oh, pass it. Okay. Oh, yes. Right, what have you got? Uh, uh, the beer of the week is Shipyard American IPA. Nice. Mine's a, a Hop House 13 Lager by Arthur Guinness. So it's oh. Irish. It's a massive 660 milliliters. Well, well known for their lager. Mine's got a lovely blend of American hops, including Cascade. Excellent. Oh, excellent. Mine's yeah. 5% by volume, 650 milliliters of the finest lager from St. James' Gate in Dublin. I don't talk like that in Dublin. It's more Bob Geldof, isn't it? Dublin, more like Dublin, isn't it? More like St. James's Gate, Dublin. That's that's not bad. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Right. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Mmm. 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 Cheese. That's really nice. That's tasty. Yeah. There's a real. It's got a little kick to it. It's got a little kick to it. It's going to be hard to pace myself tonight. Congratulations, Arthur Guinness. You've done it again. <laughs> right. So uh, right. The subject of now that we've wet our whistles, yeah, is um, welcome. By the way, to Why the Long Face, we should have said that, shouldn't we? <laughs> we should, yeah, yeah. Hello, welcome to Why the Long Face. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this week we're talking about uh, what is depression. What is depression exactly? So the whole series of podcasts is about depression, but we thought episode two. <laughs> well, it ain't sadness, is it? Even though my book was called How Sadness Survived, but that was for poetic. Purposes. You've done it. You've broken your record within sixty seconds. You've mentioned your <laughs> book. book, which is now ten years. I'm not trying to flog it anymore. You're not trying to I don't care it. anymore. No, 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 they no, pulped no. it long ago. That's right. But what, um, said no author ever. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Yeah, you believe that? You believe anything? Mm. Yeah, it's still on sale. I think uh, Amazon, uh, all good bookstores. That's really the book you don't want to sell. I have to say, I've got a dedication. Not many bookstores have it. (laughs) It's not a great. It's not. It's not a great floor filler, is it? It's not. People walking across the window. Well, at one time, anyway. Nigella's latest. Oh, and look. Anyway, Uh, only I can be rude about my book. Otherwise, I get upset. Yeah, sorry, mate. That's all right. Um, um, So, how sadness? Yeah, so that was what it was called. Which, uh, but depression isn't sadness, obviously. Uh, it's an interesting point. I bet there's still quite a lot of people out there who think it's just super sadness, if you like, being really, yeah, really sad. Yeah, just being a little bit more sad than normal. Yeah, yeah. And just, uh, why don't you snap out of it? Because, mm. uh, <laughs> you know, mm. normally if you're sad, what do you do? Maybe go and see your friends mm. or go and watch a movie or something? So. That's right. The classic thing is, you know, why don't you come out and um, uh, go and see Bob? You need to snap. Bob always cheers you up, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. But I think something that you've told me before uh, about something that uh, categorises it is the fact that things that used to give you pleasure no longer give yeah, you Yeah, because I think, pleasure. yes, that's right. I think that's the key because a lot of the time people who are depressed don't uh, report sadness. They just, re- they, m- m- they might report emptiness. An absence of anything. And particularly blokes can be bad at being in touch with their that emotional side anyway Mm. um and there are big cultural differences so in america more people would respond to a questionnaire that says uh, the question uh, are you feeling sad some of the time most of the time you know all of the time 
And of course, with depression, most people do feel sad most of the time, okay? But uh, there are some cultures in Africa where depression is sort of an illness of thought. I can't stop thinking, I can't stop turning things over. That is so interesting. It's, it's not an illness of sadness, necessarily. It's not. So it's, it's, it's maybe one of those examples where thought patterns follow the words you use, or but certainly... That is absolutely fascinating. Do you think that is part of the Western obsession, you could call it, with happiness? Yes. And the pursuit of happiness. I do. And if I'm not in a happy space, I'm sad, and that's my problem. Yeah. I don't know how that maps onto the um, African experience, but... Uh... Yeah, I mean, there are the cultural differences also in, in how the body responds to being depressed. Oh. So I think classically North American, Western European concepts of sadness are to do with broken heart or something to do with the they feel it in the chest and maybe maybe that's because historically um depression comes from the term cardiac depression it was used as an analogy for heart failure so heart failure used to be called cardiac depression good lord and then mental then there was mental depression so it's it's odd isn't it but ah. I, but we have got this um, I think we feel anxiety in our hearts we feel like that the classic mm. uh, thumping chest mm. and I guess people who have a lot of anxiety associated with their depression which is most people um, they get palpitations sometimes mm. or um, or not but um, what but, is that then because palpitations to me sound like a, a reaction a body bodily reaction to fear yeah. is that the anxiety that's often associated with what we call depression yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I, I've never known a case of depression. A, a, an individual with depression doesn't have um, a, a ton of anxiety. I love the way you say, I've never known a case. It sounds <laughs> Sorry. like you're a very venerable old doctor. No, it's absolutely brilliant because you are a venerable old doctor. <laughs> I've never known a case. That's marvellous. Yeah, isn't it mm. great? I wish I would be able to say, I've <laughs> never known a case. In all my years, I've <laughs> never known a case. Yeah. Sorry, you're saying that, that I mean you can't you can't it's not very useful for diagnosing depression, obviously being anxious, because you could just have an anxiety disorder, but it is it is um rare I mean I can't as I say, um In all goes, years. they are bedfellows. Mm. Um but comorbid, um, I think you see uh, yeah. yeah. But but it's not specific enough. So but whereas anhedonia or this lack of pleasure and lack of pleasure, I think we talked about this last time, yes. Right, is is uh I think pathognomonic of depression. But ICD-10, the International Classification of Diseases 10, they haven't brought out 11 yet, but they will soon. It's going to get automatically DSM, downloaded like Windows DSM-4 and now 5. They just will agree... Just ignore the gag. What? I just said, will it get automatically downloaded like Windows 10 does? <laughs> so you do it overnight option. <laughs> Suppose you would put, put a pin in. I'm sorry for but, putting you off. What, that's the, all right. That is what... The oh, yeah, the core, the core symptoms. The core, there are three core symptoms. Right. Two, right? And you have to have two out of three. So it's it's the sadness, the pervasive sadness, uh, which you've already said it isn't always people don't always recognise and subjective and and, cu- and culturally and culturally a bit kind of questionable, related, right yeah. or variable, and then you've got anhedonia and then you've got lack of energy. And it boils down to that, that in the definition. Yeah, so two That's out of three gets around the problem of sadness not being necessarily uh, a, a universal symptom. That is absolutely fascinating. So does that mean... Um, uh, for two weeks or more. For two weeks or more. So there's a, a, it's got to be a chronic nature. It's got to be most days as well. You can't say most days have, have just have a, a day a week. Where you I've never heard so, any, anything so, uh, so elegantly described. I mean, I'm sure it's not 100% foolproof, but it's quite an elegant 
description. It's quite tried and tested now. Is it? You know, but then of course you, go, you then you then you go on to ask about all the other symptoms mm. that go with depression that help to give you an indication of severity of the depression, I guess. Mm. And also just give you a bit more confidence that you've got the diagnosis right. Because in some instances, you're dealing with people that have got physical health problems that can cause problems with lack of energy, for right. example. Yes. Right? Uh, so they might start to lose a bit of specificity. Mm. So there are specific questionnaires that people can complete if they've got lots of physical health problems that might affect things like concentration and energy that are also affected by depression. Does that make it quite a little bit easier to um, diagnose a, a fit, young, healthy person who, for, quotes, no reason at all, suddenly doesn't enjoy playing football, uh, feels them that they're not diabetic and yet they're exhausted all the time um, mm. and they have a, a, a sadness that they can't put the finger on, without yeah. any sort of f- physical ailments as well, is yeah. that an easier, an easier diagnosis potentially? Yeah, you've got lots of different questionnaires that can be used and things that can help just uh, help family doctors. They often use the PHQ, um, which is the patient health, just called patient health questionnaire, I think. Um, and a uh, score of over five indicates uh, probable depression. I quite like the Beck Depression Inventory. Um, that's a 21 item questionnaire. That's just a, gives you a little bit more, more information, really. More granular. Uh, more granular, yeah, more to work with, I guess. Do, do, you, do you ever worry that uh, this is a human brain and a person you're dealing with, uh, you, you, can't, you can't sort of break it down to a, a set of stark questions like that? You've got to use your instinct, um, your experience over your many, many years, uh, and also how well you know the patient as well, presumably comes into it. I think experience does come into it. I think quite often I can tell a depressed person walking into the room before I even ask them any questions. Bloody hell. Well, just because there are so many features of what we call the mental and you state also are examination. A yeah. <laughs> well you'd hope you'd hope I'd have a bit of a <laughs> bit of a feel for it. But actually the best the best way to diagnose is a co- is going to be a combination of of question yeah. uh, history yeah. and an examination. Yeah. Just like any uh, yeah. <laughs> disorder actually. Or, or any so, scientific observation you might say yeah, I guess. Maybe. Mm. So the questionnaire obviously is teasing out all sorts of dark thoughts that people might mm. be hiding. So some people are an expert at masking their depression. Mm. Generally speaking, though... Are these people I, who've had it for a long time? Yes. Stalwarts. Mm. People who've learned to uh, to act. Well, we'll come back to my, my colleague at work, Tom, S- uh, oh, later. Yes. But Tom. again, yes. he was... Yes, I'm not very interested in him, because yes. he... Um, that's not his real name, by the way. Okay. Um, he... Um, he was he was one of those he was one of those Tom of all the people who would expect him to suffer from that uh, um, and I suppose it's a lifelong thing with him or at least since he was a very young child and we'll do childhood depression in another ep um, and so he's an expert an absolute expert Oscar winning Oscar winning actor actor in uh, and to see the mask drop I mean you've had this privilege for years to see the mask drop. In an unguarded moment. is is actually quite a privilege. Because it's exhausting that. to act, isn't it? It's exhausting to pretend. Uh, but presumably Tom is socially quite socially skilled. You know, I think if you... Uh, <laughs> one of those high... <laughs> no, reasonably, he is. He is. reasonably, no, he is, reasonably yeah. anyway. He's certainly high-functioning. He's very intelligent. Right. I think he lacks some degree of uh, emotional awareness. But... Um, okay, right. But yes, he's he's a high functioning individual. He's hey, he's charming, very interesting, and uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> good. Well, yeah, I mean, because I think when people um, let the mask slip, what you'll see, what I will see, walking in the room, is someone who's lacking animation. Well, sometimes they can be agitated, but 
on the whole, if I see someone sloping into the room, a bit hunched, not very good eye contact, downcast, meaning the eyes cast downwards, I'd be thinking, yeah, I've a high suspicion. You've got um, to do your job, actually. It is pretty straight. It is pretty straightforward. Yeah. I suppose it's less straightforward when people have a very agitated depression, mm. uh, where their the anxiety is very intense mm. and they can't keep still. Do you um, uh, you, you talk about comorbidity a lot between anxiety and depression? Do you do you treat them as different um, maladies, or do well, you see it as a spectrum or a Venn diagram? I see it. I see Venn it diagram. More, I see it more like. as a more as a triangle, actually. Right. Um, <laughs> It's <laughs> a trapezoid. I, I see a dodecahedron. It's 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 yeah. It's not any kind of polygon. It's uh, that's just overcomplicating that. No, it's a high. I, I think see it's a hierarchy. With um, so if you treat depression, the anxiety takes care of itself. So depression anxiety is down lower down the hierarchy than the depression. Right? Really? Whereas someone who's depressed could be depressed. Because they think um, the Martians are after them. Okay, I'm using a crass example, but they have a, might have a psychotic illness, yeah. which is depressing the hell out of them. And above psychosis is organic, so they might have a thyroid issue, Cushing's disease. Do you mean physiological? Like some kind is of I, some I, kind I, of hormone I, hormonal problem, right. or or even they're coming down yeah. off drugs. That that count as organic. Oh, I see. Right. right? So okay. it's not functional. It's not sort of stress related. Oh, I see. So we give that person thyroid hormone or sort out their um, adrenal glands or whatever it is. I mean, these are rarer causes of depression, but everything below it will probably sort itself out. Temporal lobe uh-huh. epilepsy can mimic schizophrenia. So, sorry, go through the triangle again. What's at the base? So, at the base is anxiety disorders. Above that? Mood disorders. So, what? Uh, depression hmm. or... Um, Depression and or bipolar disorder, non-psychotic. Then above that would be psychotic disorders, right. like schizophrenia. You can have psychotic depression, you can have psychotic mania. Yeah. And so, is this your triangle, by the way? Well, it, I didn't invent the hierarchy, but I've put the hierarchy in a triangle. Well, that's... So I can paint yes, it that's there. what I mean. The triangle is yours. So that's really... I like the crisp definition. I need, we've obviously got to be... We realise it's a, it's a sort of scale. Um in terms of severity, I'm yeah. always sort of cautious to try and try and think about that. I mean, presumably there is severity. Obviously, there's people who can't function yeah. at all. And I think you talked about last time the point at which um, the depression affects your life is yeah. the point at which you start to think about a clinical diagnosis. We talked about questionnaires, but actually interviewing people is the best way to find out about that, isn't it? You know, so uh, asking people directly or asking. Uh, friends and colleagues or, or partners. Usually when they, patients have come to see me, they're not able to work anymore. But in the milder versions of depression or earlier stages perhaps of, of an illness, mm. they'll be struggling on mm. and still work. Maybe they'll go and see their doctor. A lot of people don't know that they can go see their, their GP about depression. Ah, really? Because uh, it's know, not proper illness. In, 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 yeah, because that gosh. idea that it's not, yeah, it's not a health issue. I think when people get to see their GP... Um, they're probably at a point where they are really struggling with work and might need an adjustment in their working hours. But it affects functioning across the board, so they won't be functioning as well at home either. Well, one question I've always thought of, you, you see a snapshot of this patient at a particular time. Often it's the same time every week, I'd imagine. Mm. How do you compensate for the fact that you're just seeing that snapshot and you're, don't, you're, not, you're not seeing their condition uh, throughout the whole week, they might be putting on a brave face for you. Maybe the right. opposite. Going to see the psychiatrist re- reminds them that they're ill. Well, you know, you're never you're, you're you're 
Well, the first thing you do is you ask about how they are today, but then you'll ask them about how long you've been feeling like right. this. And then you'll ask them um, about lots of other things to do with the history of of, of these symptoms, you know. Mm. Um, when did this symptom come on? When did that come on? Okay, can you think of any triggers for it? Mm. Uh, and so on. And then you might ask as well, well, you should ask about whether they've had depression before um, and also whether they've had any highs because a lot of de- uh, people come along with depression who are actually bipolar but at the time you see them they're depressed so you don't know that they've that uh, they might be on that spectrum exactly so this so bipolar, a lot of bi- thing, bipolar spectrum yeah. is missed because the other thing we used to talk about in certainly when I was growing up I remember the, a breakdown they've had a nervous breakdown they've had a mental breakdown mm. I know that doesn't exist from what I've read in sort of medical in the DC what is it the DC 10 well you mean the nervous system doesn't just completely well, exactly. self-destruct <laughs> <laughs> that's right your yeah. head just goes hold on <coughs> yeah what's yeah. happened you said a mental break and yeah that, my central nervous system <laughs> is just a bit broken yeah it's just broke down it's just um, I was standing one day and then suddenly it went Twang. There's this big crack all the way down the back of my spine, blue from spark. my head all the way down. Yes, I had a nervous <laughs> breakdown. Or it's just, and that to me, again as a child, I was quite scared about that because it's some. You can it sounds irreversible wrong. as well. It sounds irreversible. It sounds like a terrible shock. It sounds like it comes out of nowhere and suddenly you've broken down. And I, I don't actually. You think can't just. Yeah, and it doesn't sound like you can just call the AA, right? No. Oh, you have a special AA, don't you? You have the, the big <laughs> men in the big white coats. <laughs> Breakdown at your service. Slam yeah. the doors behind them. So we'll be, they'll be here in forty-five minutes. Please stay by your nervous system uh, until the until the mental police arrive. It's terrible, isn't it? But it's funny that, that I still I saw Kira Knightley suffered from a what she called a mental breakdown in the press. Oh, and to me, I I read it because I thought that sounds awful. She had a trauma, didn't she? Well, I think she got a lot of criticism. She got a lot of hate. Um, was that recently when she came out and said... No, it was post... Because uh, recently she said she's had, had, had PTSD following some kind of... Yeah, that, that was it. So it's been... Right. It's, that's right. P- PTSD and... That's exactly... And a, and Post-traumatic a, stress quote, disorder. Absolutely. And quote, a mental breakdown. And she attributed to uh, bad reviews and sort of personal attacks following Love Actually and other films where... Uh, a lot of people just went, God, I don't understand why this girl's blah, 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 blah. And um, uh, I, I I'm always young... understood, because she's beautiful. <laughs> well, yes, you understood. Um, <laughs> uh, no, Kieran Knight is lovely. I've seen her once. And she was very good, and she's very beautiful. And it's, it's a... Well, I tell you, she, 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 um, she was young when she made a lot of those. Well, films. that's my point. She's a young she, girl. She, she's her like register and range improved. You're overrated. You're overrated. Right. And you're a bit well, she was, I think she was a bit wooden then, but I, maybe she would agree with me. I don't know. I don't know. I've never been battered in Twitter. It must be horrible. Particularly for your young True. girl. And anyway, my point Actually, was, we should do a whole episode on uh, facts and figures around uh, trolling oh, that's and, nice. and Facebook. Oh, and, that's lovely. I, mean, I like it. It's horrendous. So we've talked about tests. <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about severity. And we talked a little bit about bipolar. Well, we didn't talk about severity, actually, much. Okay. Because severity... There's more to say. Well, I think... Oh, yeah, because we talked about functioning. But a part of that is also uh, finding about other symptoms. So sleep, appetite, uh, changes in appetite, uh, changes in libido. So um, in more severe cases of depression, you will have very much more disturbed sleep pattern. And I, early morning wakening being a classic one, so people... That sounds tortuous. 
Yeah, so waking at sort of three or four in the morning, not being able to get back to sleep, I think. But also middle insomnia, which is just... So people, yeah, but but I think think the key thing with depression is that sleep is not as refreshing, even if perhaps you're getting eight hours sleep. God. You're not feeling rested when you... uh, when you wake oh, up. That sounds horrible. It sounds like you can't escape from this thing. And appetite changes, although you can have, a, and, and in fact, you can have hypersomnia, which is which is sleeping more than usual, but that sleep is not, you Refreshing. Know, it's, not it's not effective. And then changes in appetite. People can have, be off their food a bit, or they can lose a, a significant amount of weight in more severe mm. depression. So, can they, can they overeat? Overeating is is also uh, reported, although I find that that's less common in severe depression. So oh. severe depression is mostly weight loss. I assume, therefore, if you've got no energy, you're not getting any pleasure, and you're anxious, the very last thing that you want to do can't is be asked tuck to into fish and chips, mm. and you can't be asked to cook. Yeah. So there'll be a lack of drive, but together with that, there will be a genuine lack of appetite, which is strange, but it, it's, it happens. Doesn't sound very nice, I have to say. And then, oh yes, uh, more severe still, you can get psychotic symptoms. Uh Aha. Symptoms that are outside of the normal range of human experience. Does it mean um, sort of losing touch with reality, imagining things, hallucinating, hearing things, seeing things? And classically those those hallucinations... By the way, this voice is keeping keeping telling you uh, you're useless. Yeah, they're actually correct, are they? No, that's me. (laughs) It's me. So, what you said before to me was, um, if you treat the, 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 the thing below, the other thing takes care of itself. Are not in that postulate? case, actually. Ah, so you're not saying that, say, <clears throat> um, a depressed person with psychotic symptoms, you gave them antidepressants, depression went away. That doesn't necessarily mean psychosis. Well, there'll be a little, little transition, maybe giving someone antidepressants and an antipsychotic. It is a bit complicated. The way you determine how you treat someone in these sort sort of situations is what came first the depression oh, or the so, psychosis okay. right I'm, I'm, I'm so yeah. if the story is you started off with a classic depressive type illness mm. and then that deepened and deepened over time because you didn't get help quickly enough mm. which a lot of people do and it's not their fault uh, maybe they don't have anyone to walk, walk them through it and say look you're depressed and get some help then uh, they develop psychotic symptoms which are classically mood congruence so the voices you hear will be as you said you're useless, they'll be critical, they mm. ten, tend to be in the second person like that. Mm. You are this, you are that, mm-hmm. you're bad. You may as well kill yourself. That's the other severity sign, by the way. Is Suicidal it a voice thoughts. That you know, or is it an unknown voice? That's what's always kind of freaked me it's out. It's usually unknown. God, that's uh, how the brain can concoct yes. its own character that doesn't exist. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's usually unknown. Um, and 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 then, that, then delusions can develop around... Or secondary to those cognitive voices, where you start to think people have got got it in for you, and Which then makes some kind and of then sense. there's one step from there to thinking, yeah, this is a conspiracy, mm. and you have, and the neighbours are trying to poison me or mm. whatever, and then and then beyond that, even more severely depressed would be punishment feelings. I pathological guilt. I'm responsible for all the problems in the world, mm. and I deserve to be punished. Mm. I deserve to be uh, poisoned or so. That, but we're getting to quite a and then, so, and, then, and then classically elderly depressives, um, they they sometimes get Cotard syndrome, which is this thing where they um, they are convinced that they're, they're dead already, or parts really? of their, or parts of their body are dead. But so, is that a depressive uh, depressive? So that thing? is a classic depressive really? psychosis. Yes. Whereas if there's if the if someone just started to hear voices, 
Um, Got in, it. That does make sense. Your triangle uh, is, is without depression, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. the schizo- the, the psych- psychotic illness developed and became more florid, and then people became genuinely terrified that they're being persecuted. Mm. Is the most common scenario: paranoid schizophrenia. Then, uh, if you if you sorted out the the, the schizophrenia with an antipsychotic medication, mm. then the depression would usually go too. Wow. And the anxiety, wow. of course, because the wow. anxiety is secondary to all those delusions. Which makes a hell of a lot of sense. Yeah. No, so the, the triangle works, man. Yeah, no, the triangle is... is, is and if bad. you had temporal lobe epilepsy that was causing you to have uh, hear voices, mm. then then you would treat the epilepsy. You wouldn't treat someone with antipsychotic. For the record, he's brandishing the bottle and poking it in my right. direction with every syllable of um, uh, temporal lobe epilepsy. We have attempted, to, I guess, to sum up what depression is how it presents in different ways in mm. different cultures but it's basically the same animal wherever you go depression is an illness that is characterized by lack of energy lack of pleasure in things you used to enjoy and and maybe sadness but not always nice hey thanks for joining us on why the long face as ever we're here to inform hopefully and entertain but we're not here to give you medical advice there is however information on our website about where to get help see you next time